Brooklyn's Radio brings you City Update with Ian Pritchard and Lee Humphreys. Hello and welcome to City Update. Lee Humphreys is joining us on the end of a rather dodgy phone line. So apologies in advance. You're not going to give you the, uh, well, we're not going to give you the super audio quality you expect from uh, Brooklyn's Radio. Now, last week, uh, we were full of joy, weren't we, about vaccines coming and soon to be injected, hopefully, and the stock markets loved it. But the man on the street didn't quite see it that way in his pocket. What's been happening, Lee? Well, I just think we're probably, um, some of us at least, uh, might be sort of given to think of that we're living in some kind of uh, parallel universe in the sense that um, the worse news gets out there, the more stock markets seem to like it. It's been actually altogether fairly quiet week in in terms of sort of activities and volumes things tend to very much grind to a halt um given it's thanksgiving week uh, over the united states this week the uh, the u.s markets tend to drive the rest of the world so they go quiet we go quiet as well but actually november has been a phenomenal month for equities and uh, we're going to really talk about that um uh, next week uh, generally speaking uh, this week i'd like to maybe focus on other stuff Right. Well, let's focus on the bad news. Uh, Rishi Sunak, uh, Chancellor Sunak, uh, stood up on Wednesday and told the country that we're in a really uh, bad way. And uh, on Thursday morning on a rival radio station by the unimaginative name of Radio 4, I think they called themselves, he was uh, even gloomier and uh, not ruling out all sorts of things. So what do you make of that? Well, I mean, what do I make of it? I mean, it's pretty depressing stuff, but I mean, it's not really a surprise to anyone. I've kept on calling this a self-induced coma um, since this pandemic started. Uh, But it's really the government's reaction to that pandemic that's caused all the problems. This is, um, Richie told us, the worst recession for 300 years, 300 years. Um, And the one uh, back then was caused by a long, cold, hard winter, believe it or not, that's of course uh, before global warming had ever been invented, that he basically went on to um, tell us that GDP um, is predicted to fall by 11.3% uh, this year. Well, maybe. I, uh, I suspect it will be a, a, a good deal worse than that when we uh, come to the final reckoning. Um, and uh, the recovery, he said, will take two years. Well, I can categorically say, no, it won't. Uh, it's, uh, his uh, predictions of chances are notoriously bad. He's saying that next year the economy will grow, will grow 5.5%, and the following year, 2022, it will grow 6.6%. As I say, um, uh, chances are uh, optimistic by their very nature. They're paid to be so. If you can remember back in um, uh, George Osborne, uh, maybe a decade ago, just after the financial um, crash of 2008, he said that uh, that they would balance the books, they being the government at the time, um, uh, shortly after the banking crisis. Well, they didn't. And funny enough, we still haven't balanced those books. But Rishi sort of went on um, with the with the with the warnings. He said that unemployment reached seven and a half percent. That's 2.6 million people by next spring well you know perhaps there are there may well be um, various schemes here that the government introduced between now and then that will probably sort of mask uh, the true figure if we were to remove those schemes we're probably looking at an unemployment rate of 10 percent with more than three million people unemployed he then went on 
to talk about how much we owe. Well, the UK's budget deficit we found out on Wednesday was going to be £394 billion. Now, that uh, that is basically, what does that mean? That means that we're spending far more, uh, nearly £400 billion uh, more, than we're receiving in income. That equates to nearly 20% of GDP, that is gross domestic product. And in order to achieve this in, what we're, we're doing, we're having to borrow. We're borrowing £485 billion, pounds, nearly half a trillion pounds. Now, contrast that with what had been forecast, which was uh, that we were going to borrow just £55 billion pounds, uh, this year. And that's all to do one thing, that's to fund the, de- the, the, uh, the deficit. But, uh, you know, it uh, apparently isn't going to be a problem because interest rates were kept on being told are really, really low, which they, of course, are, but this is not a, a long-term sustainable situation. Yes, the Chancellor also had said something about um, reducing foreign aid, which will please a lot of people and upset an equally number of people. It was supposed to be cast in stone, but he's knocked a bit off it, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, look, it's... it's, it's uh... It's, I think it's really a necessary uh, situation uh, that uh, he's, he's, there's been a lot of pressure on various uh, chancellors uh, about reducing this 0.7 figure of GDP that we, we, uh, that we sort of send out to foreign countries. And it's come under a lot of criticism. Now, to sort of address this very serious scenario, government are going to be knocking off just $5 billion of that $394 billion deficit. So it's not particularly uh, going to move the needle uh, that much, but it is symbolic that he's going to be taking some very, very tough measures. No doubt uh, people, as you maybe sort of just alluded to, will be cheering from the rafters, basically saying that we'll no longer be sending £81 million to the world's largest economy, that is China, um, uh, with, uh, with the fear by some, inevitably, that uh, they're going to have to start funding their own space programmes, of course. Right, and um, again in the Chancellor's uh, interview I heard on the Royal Ravel Station, Radio 4, I think it's called, um, he wasn't ruling any other stuff out, was he? Certainly not taxes, and there's been a lot of talk about will inheritance tax be hammered, and uh, will will income tax go up? It's all, um, is there any good news? Well, I mean, look, we are going to, you're right, the the chances are at at some point in time, in the future, we are going to be hammered in terms of our taxes, one suspects. Um, but you're, you look so, for some good news. Well, if you bought some Bitcoin or you've been mining for uh, the Bitcoin uh, whilst you were locked down this month, you've had a cracking month. Um, the, uh, the, the number one uh, sort of best performing asset this year, uh, 2020, uh, the year of sort of strange things happened, is Bitcoin. It's up around about 150-ish percent year to date. And that is despite a very significant pullback on Wednesday evening, actually, uh, of around 10 percent. $17,000 or thereabouts will uh, will buy you a single uh, Bitcoin uh, now in. And, uh, you know, basically people are um, prepared, it would seem, to invest in a, what I believe to be a totally make-believe currency, not because they actually think, I suspect, it's actually worth anything in reality, but because they're starting to realise that governments run currencies that aren't worth a great deal either. Now, you've intrigued me there because uh, talking about mining for Bitcoin, obviously, 
um, I'm of Welsh background, as somewhere in your background, I believe. So mining is close to our DNA, but apparently you have to have a very complicated computer system. You can't just dig the things up. Anyway, uh, talking about digging things up, the government's been printing money all over the place, haven't they? Uh, Governments are very good at printing money in, it would seem, uh, this year, uh, as we've just sort of heard when we uh, talk about Rishi. Now, to sort of underline this whole uh, sort of printing money, uh, it's not just a sort of UK scenario. We've discovered this week that 21% of all US dollars um, were printed in 2020. That's so far, of course. That equates to $4.5 trillion. Um, uh, that's, mu- that's more than the amount of money created in previous five years combined uh, and like anything when something becomes more bountiful it's worth it's worth uh, less of course uh, yeah, alternative uh, currencies such as gold and silver and other metals like copper actually uh, are also up very strongly on uh, on the year unlike paper currencies these metals uh, also have a utility and of course uh, there's a finite amount of these commodities uh, and unlike you know sterling or dollars or euros or yen uh, cannot be replicated at the flick of the switch so um, perhaps the biggest reason people hold bitcoin is is therefore that uh, it's it's safely out of the reach of governments yeah now bitcoin i think we should explain to our listeners not that i'm in any real position to explain it but bitcoin is just one of a number of cryptocurrencies i believe they call and the chinese have been messing about with uh, these sort of currencies recently, haven't they? Yeah, they have. Yeah, what well, good uh, good knowledge, Ian. They, uh, they have. The, uh, um, the Chinese government are trying to really square this whole circle by launching their own digital currency, a sort of a, a payment system created by the state known as a, uh, over there as a digital currency electronic payment. Not doesn't fly um, smoothly off the tongue, the DCEP, I'll now uh, refer to it uh, as. And, but unlike Bitcoin, Ian, it's, uh, it's obviously not decentralized. It's controlled by the Chinese state. Uh, but it does use blockchain technology to verify and record every transaction, which uh, in practice also has the effect that users won't need to go through a bank uh, anymore when they want to pay someone. That's interesting. Um, experiments uh, of this particular currency have already taken place uh, in China this year um, within certain Chinese uh, cities after a, a lottery in which the winners uh, were sent funds into digital wallets. And is that how you're going to pay me for um, doing this? Yeah, I mean, we, we need to talk about that, Ian, actually, at a, a later date. I'm still mining for your, your fee. Uh, but, you know, what I will say in sort of conclusion, whether um, China's DCEP, this digital currency that I've uh, just been talking about, um, wins the battle for the eventual replacement of paper money or, you know, alternatives, I think you alluded to, uh, digital currencies such as Facebook's Libra, which actually has also been uh, a lot in the news earlier this year, um, beat them uh, to it. It's clear that some, if not all, currencies are in the decades and you know, maybe possibly centuries ahead going to be consigned to the dustbins of time, replaced um, in, in some way by a sort of supranational uh, methods of payment that attempt to limit opportunities for the constant devaluation by Treasury officials desperate to convince voters that their standard of living isn't actually falling. Rightly. And still no news as we record this on the sunny uplands of uh, Brexit, but no doubt perhaps that'll come next week. So all the very best, Lee, and thank you very much.
Cheers, Ian. Thanks very much. And your payments in the post. Ian Pritchard and Lee Humphreys brought you City Update on Brooklyn's Radio. Brooklyn's Radio.